Welcome to the Wealth Equation Podcast with me, Wealth Ninja, Kristen Walsh. If you want to be wealthy, but money feels like physics and the thought of making a budget makes you want to die, stick around. Here, we break it all down super simply. We demystify wealth so you run your money instead of your money running you. We're here to ditch the hustle, earn more, hold more, and grow more simply. We're coming in hot with practical teachings, deep mindset shifts, and the perfect amount of woo-woo so that you become the kind of woman who creates wealth with ease. Money is a dance party if you let it be. You were born for wealth, and by pressing play, your up level begins. I'm here with Bryony McKenzie, founder of Untapped. Bryony is a next-generation thought leader who is redefining what's possible in career, life, love, and conscious wealth. She is a dynamic coach who will inspire and activate soulful potential. Bryony was a top-tier lawyer until she finally followed her true calling in coaching. Since then, she has built a seven-figure coaching company, impacted thousands of lives through her programs, her workshops, her training events, and built an extraordinary community. Get ready to be inspired and awakened. Welcome, Bryony. Oh my goodness, it's so good to have you here, girl. How are you? Hello. Thank you so much for having me here. Uh, I'm great, thank you. I'm so excited to be with you and be inside of this conversation. Oh, Bryony is one of my favorite humans, honestly. He's just so inspiring, not just what you've done, but who you are and who you show up as in the world. I'm always so impressed with you. So, you know, thinking about what you've built in your business, the seven-figure entrepreneur, obviously some impressive, you know, things in that bio, some things in the stats, but take us back to the moment where you decided to make the leap, like out of corporate law, you had built a successful career. I can imagine that wasn't an easy decision. Like what was going through your mind in those moments? Yeah, I had been working as a corporate lawyer for about three or three and a half years at that point. And I would sit in my cubicle every day. And even though I was, I was you know, relatively good at law, like I was a good lawyer and I had the skills and um, I was doing well, I was progressing in my career, I was kind of ticking all those boxes, but I just I just knew, like, I would sit there and be like, I this cannot be everything that's here for me. Uh, and at the very same time, I had no idea what it was that I actually did want to create. And I think a lot of people can experience that feeling of feeling like there is something more, but how do I even figure out what that is? And so for me, it was just actually having the trust to follow that feeling, basically, and not need to know the answer. Uh, and that took a, a significant amount of time in and of itself because I couldn't make the next move until I had that clarity in a way. So that's what really spurred me into this whole journey of asking, getting more presence to who am I authentically, what's myself, what's my purpose, what do I want to create with my life, how did I actually wind up making the decisions I made to be a lawyer. And once I unfolded all of that, I started to gain more clarity on my values, on what I, how I wanted to live my life, on the contribution I wanted to make in humanity. Uh, and that's where I got really a deeper sense of what could be possible. And there was about five different career options, I think, when I was working with a coach at one point. I think we came up with five different paths. And coaching was kind of the wild card. I never thought I was going to run my own company. Um, and so that was a really interesting point to go, actually, if I could do anything and there wasn't any constraint, I would do coaching. Um, and it was just having that courage and that support in that moment to really redesign what was possible. I think the actual leap took time and I think everyone leaps differently. Um, so that was kind of the setup to figuring out what I want to do. And then the actual jump of making the decision to leave, there was about six or seven months where 
once I had clarity of what I wanted to create, I started that and I started these little workshops and these events in the city that I lived in in New Zealand. And I did things on the side to kind of build my confidence and even start building a little bit of a brand. Uh, and then I remember the day that I did leave and my, my hands were like sh- absolutely shaking with my resignation letter and my supervising partner at the time was like, hey, Brownie, like, you know, you could go down to three days a week, four days a week, but working in a top tier firm, I knew that wasn't a possibility. I knew that wasn't even a thing. You just work five days and four days. And so I knew that I just had to jump now. Um, and I remember like shaking, handing over my resignation. He's like, are you sure you want to do this? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. Um, and so, yeah, I still, it's still funny, like thinking back to those moments and um yeah, the the following of that was really, really challenging for me. I think like the level of uncertainty and the trust that I had to build uh, when I had been, you know, on a on a very clear trajectory most of my life, uh, that was the discomfort. And it actually, I would say it more came the moment after I resigned when I had to really be in that massive unknown. Mm, so beautiful. You know what you've said there around the fact that you weren't fearless, right? Like you don't work your way up to this place where you're fearless. You hold the fear, you hold that uncertainty, you hold the, you know, the anxiety, the the, the doubt, the unknown, and you leap anyway, right? And I, yes. I just want to touch on one thing that you said within that, like when you were making the decision about making the leap into, you know, a, a business or, you know, your next step, you you said something there around if you could do anything, what would you do? And I think that's such a valuable question to really be or a place to be creating from because so often we're creating from what we think is realistic or what we think is, you know, available or we're you're, we're making incremental shifts, you know, like the four days a week as a corporate lawyer instead of creating from a blank slate or creating from the space of like, if you could do anything, what would you do? And then taking action and creating the beliefs aligned with that, like that decision and that space was what got you to where you are today right so like the leaning into that unknown being in the void is what allowed this seven figure and beyond business to unfold for you it's like wild yes yes and because I do remember that it's funny you say that I remember thinking oh I could be a consultant oh I could be an in-house legal counsel and they were all just so like one one degree to the right or to the left and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but the the infinite possibilities that you get when you really just go, wow, if I could actually completely redesign, what would I do? And there's just an unraveling of who we wound up being and the identities we're attached to. Um, and it was, it was hard to leave the identity of being a lawyer because I had so much of myself wrapped up in it. And yeah, when I wasn't a lawyer, I suddenly went back to this like, wow, like who am I? But that was the best journey of my life because I could create from nothing. Um, so yeah, yeah I love that. that's so beautiful. And definitely a journey in a moment I relate to like leaving my trading career. You know, I had so much of my identity wrapped up in being a trader, you know, it, on paper, it looked great and people were impressed by it. And it's like, you're checking a lot of boxes and leaving that and stepping into the unknown. You know, I, one of the things I always love to say is the, you know, in the in the unknown in the uncertainty is where all the possibility exists and so i think it's beautiful to hear your journey because when we're stepping into the unknown all often we don't have clarity on where it ends up and so just watching you and watching what you've been able to create from that space is just so powerful so you know seven figures in building your business to the level you have is no small feat girl like if you 
And I, you know, even in your bio, it's like I left corporate law and then I have a seven figure business. Like I left corporate y- law, yada, yada. Now I have a seven figure business and it's like, yada, yada. Like what was the, what were the maybe two to three things if you had to narrow it down? And obviously it's been, you know, years in the making of this for you, but you've really done this in just a few years. It's been what, four or five years you since you left law. Mm-hmm. So what have been sort of two or three things that's been your, you know, your secret to growing the business to the level you have and doing it with such, you know, power? Yeah, I think there was a few, there was a few things. And yeah, I love that you see that. It's like better there. Um, there's so much in the middle and there's so much joy and so much excitement and so much unknown and so many tears and so many moments of wanting to give up like really there were so many moments where you're like oh my gosh like and I still have those moments right because it's just at a different level and a different everything's relative and and it's and what was so critical in those I think thinking of a few things is like I really invested and had great mentors in that time because when I looked around in my life, if I looked at my corporate law community and I looked at even my family at that point, right? No one had been an entrepreneur or started the business necessarily. Uh, they were all in professions. I didn't really have anyone around me who could really walk the path with me or even guide me a little bit. And so a huge, huge thing that I'm so grateful for and I really feel like I stand on the shoulders of those giants is like the mentors who supported me, whether it was in my access and my coaching development, like my skills as a coach and a leader or actually within the business, like business 101 kind of mentorship and and development, those people really supported me. And, you know, I acknowledge that I invested a lot to work with a lot of those people as well. So that, that took courage every time, um, you know, and initially that was me being like, okay, mom, you want to pay half of this? Dad, you want to pay half of this? And it was like really trying to scramble all these resources around me basically um, or putting, you know, things on credit card debt. Not that I'm promoting that, but that was, it was being really resourceful in the beginning to get the mentorship that I needed because I didn't want to fig- try and figure it out on my own because I knew that would take so much time and energy that I didn't, I didn't want, I was like, I want to shorten the learning curve. And there are people who have done this and there are people who have information and and mindset and belief systems that I can utilize if I get around those people. So that was, that is something that I still live by. The philosophy is like, it's not how, but who it's like, who can help you? (laughs) Mm. Um, Yeah, that's really huge. And I still do that to this day instead of trying to, you know, I think so many of us struggle on our own when we start things. Um, so that that was huge for me. That was, I think, that was basically the backbone of all of it. Um, is having the right people at the right time versus just this smorgasbord of information. And I kind of remember that. I remember like watching webinars, downloading this thing, like, and then I just would be so overwhelmed and be like, oh my gosh, there's so much information. But it was actually having the right people be like, okay, B, that doesn't matter right now. This is what we're going to dial in on. This is all that matters until you get to this point and this point. Um, so that was really. I think my saving grace in business. Um, Yeah, that's one. And I think other is, is the willingness to pivot and the willingness, like the responsiveness. One thing for me was the responsiveness and the connection with my community. So I uh, like from an archetype perspective, there's like, you know, you have people really good at operating systems, entrepreneurs, big, big visionaries, and then creators who love to like design things. And I sit in the creator category where I love to like build and design products and programs and be with my community. And I think that for me was what really, 
created untapped program so powerfully in our community as I was building what people wanted and I was in communication with them and I was always willing to pivot what we were offering and what we were building based on the feedback I was getting uh, whilst also knowing it had to be things I wanted to create, right? But I think a lot of us in business, you know, we, I think we get attached to our products and I think we get attached to our programs and our offerings and whatever it is. And yeah, was, for me, it was just constant creativity of like, okay, cool. All right, we want this. All right, let's try that. And just that willingness constantly with my, with the closeness and connection I have with my community. Um, because, you know, I, you know, it's all this jazzy, snazzy, like seven figure stuff. But the reality is like, I have, you know, I think, I think we only, have, uh, not only I shouldn't diminish it, but like less than 4,000 followers on Instagram, right? And that's something I think so many of us get caught up in having a huge audience and a huge this and all of that's awesome. Like how, yeah, if you have those things, but don't underestimate, you know, a thousand true fans or a hundred great clients. And that for me was staying present to that con consistently. It was like, don't get shiny object syndrome everywhere else. Like just be with what's here. I love that. So beautiful. And, you know, really getting in touch with what your clients, you know, want and understanding them is such like such a powerful aspect for us. And, and I, that's such an incredible thing for you to really share and reflect on is like, you didn't, you don't need a, you know, hundred thousand dollar or hundred thousand follower Instagram account to build a highly successful, highly profitable business to create wealth. Like it really is. There's so many ways that you can go about things. And I love your, you know, your philosophy and your value on, uh, growth and investing in high-level mentorship. Like you don't necessarily need a mentor to get to where you want, but I know you and I both agree. And we, we, this is something that we really jam on is like that growth. It's really exciting when you can get the straight line there, when you can get the roadmap, when you can have that clarity and focus and yeah, it's very much worth paying for, right? You can spin your wheels trying to learn something for six months or have somebody teach you and learn from all of their experience, you know, in a couple of weeks, which is so potent, so powerful. Um, so, you know, you, you mentioned that you still have some of those moments, like the, you know, the self-doubt or the fear or the, and it's, I think it's really, it can be really easy to believe that there's going to be a certain level that we reach, whether it's, you know, seven, eight, nine figures where it's like, we won't have fear or we won't have self-doubt or we won't, you know, we'll have so much confidence in what we've built that none of those things exist. And you probably, you know, as we all do, I think have maybe thought that in the early days, what have been, what have been some of the things that you now still experience or, you know, some of those fears or those things that come up for you that you thought years ago, you wouldn't have, right. That you still, you can just, you have the capacity to hold it. Yeah. I think, and it, and, I, and you do build that confidence, right? That's what's so beautiful over time. Like the things that used to scare you and freak you out, <laughs> easy breezy, like you don't even think about them. Um, and so you really do build this incredible capacity for the things that were once daunting and that you become masterful in them and okay in the fear and the, and the anxiety and everything they bring up. Um, and I think the thing that then happens is these new problems happen and evolve. And I don't even know if I could have foresaw like, if I was at my thinking about where I was in my early stage, 
uh, you're, I was in survival, right? You just want to pay a bill. You just want to imagine that you can meet your tax obligations, that you could have a little bit to take home to live off. That's like, that's that milestone. So even for the brain at that point to think, oh, what am I going to do when I have, you know, one problem, like, um, you know, when I have to pay, you know, six figure salaries to everyone and, and navigate that and do financial model, like you don't think like that because you're not there. So I think, it's hard to predict those problems that are coming, um, but I know one guarantee and something that's been really challenging for me as someone who really came from a lot of perfectionism tendencies is I was waiting for the moment where everything would just like work and flow and there's been so much flow and there's always new problems. And that for me is something I'm constantly in surrender and like, <laughs> I think it'll be like my lifelong lesson um, is like, why am I waiting for the day when it feels like everything's perfect and there's no, there, there's never going to be that day, especially if you're growing, right? So problems, a mindset and something that really gave, like I had to learn and I'm still learning is like problems are a sign of growth and they're a really great indicator that you're growing. And in many moments, I felt like the problems were attacking me or just the worst thing in the world or why is this happening to me? You can go deeply into victim consciousness, but it's like, ah, problem, let's go. We're growing. Um, and like leaning into those. Um, and I found even this year, so last year, last year was when we hit six, seven figures in revenue, for example. Now that was really exciting. We actually like had quite high profit margins, all those things. Now this year just knocked me for six, like, because I'll be completely honest, I didn't have the CEO level skills of financial modeling. I made decisions in our business that had massive financial repercussions later that I didn't, I don't have those skills yet. Like, I don't know if I hire this person, this person, this person, what that's going to do later. And um, that, that for me was a huge gap this year. And I dealt with the financial repercussions of not having that skill set. Now I can say that now, but I can tell you three months ago, I didn't feel like that. <laughs> I was in it like, <laughs> what am I doing? How did I mess this up so badly? Like last year was so good. And then I messaged, I remember I messaged one of my mentors who I, I'm not currently in a container with, but I just thought I need to reach out. Like I was in the thick of it and I was thinking, wow, like what am I doing wrong? Like last year was this, this year is this, you know, again, going into that whole fault kind of narrative. And I messaged and he was like, yeah, I'd kind of be waiting for you to message because I thought, yeah, like she's going to hit her next level, you know? Um, and so it was funny getting that mirror back of people just like expecting that to have happened uh, and me realizing, oh yeah, of course, of course it was going to get challenging again. Right. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think, I think, and that for me was more like if I'm, if I'm actually talking about the specific problem, like initially when, you know, wherever you're just trying to pay your bills and things, you're really looking at like, how can I pay myself from this um, initiative? And just really like, how how is this going to be profitable? How, how can I structure my revenue to make enough revenue, like different offerings and things? Um, and now at this level, that's, that's not the conversation we're having. We all pay ourselves and we pay salaries uh, and those problems are solved as such. But now you're looking at um, scalability and profit margins and how to navigate tax, right? Those are all new problems that, I didn't care about or I didn't even know about four years ago. Mm, yeah. So how has the, sounds like your relationship to money has changed over time. There's still things you're working through and upgrading, but where, what was it like a few years ago for you? And, and what was that journey like for you? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. I feel like we could just, I think some key things. So one of the first things is that in order for me to follow my soul's mission or what was calling me forward, that 
that is where my healing with money began basically so i had this like download this desire to step into coaching i had zero savings i had no investments i lived paycheck to paycheck and i had credit card debt so there was no reality in my world where i was ever ever going to be able to leave law basically because of my relationship to money um and so that for me was a really interesting moment where it was like, oh my gosh, I found my thing. And I knew it. I was like, this is my, this is my calling. This is what I want to be doing. And I was like, but I can't do it. <laughs> um, like I, I literally cannot right now in this moment do it with the way that I relate to money because of the, the habits and the mindsets and the lack of information and wisdom I have. So that catapulted me and I had such a deep why Right? Because my why was like, that's my vision. That's my mission over there. Like, we've got to sort this thing out. And that's what started me learning about money. And I just learned. It was, for me, initially, it was a huge education gap as well. And I think that's interesting. There's like the mindset and the skill set gap when we talk about money. Um, and so the mind, and, and, you know, chicken and the egg a little bit, but the mindset was, do I believe that I can create wealth? Um, and initially, I had a block that, it w that you literally could not be of service and make money. Like they lived in different realms because I grew up in a lot of the philanthropic um, charitable sector space where there isn't a lot of resources and money and you do things just to be of service. And I was like, oh, but that model's not going to work because I need this to be a business because I need to be well resourced so I can keep doing it. And so I, I literally had this entire mindset block initially to work through, which was you can do something you love, make an impact and make money. And, the, and like bringing that into a whole holistic mindset. And then I had to go find people that were doing that, right? So I could be around those people. Um, so that was a huge element first was actually that it would be possible to do this and make money and finding expanders and people around me to show me the way on that. Um, and then the skill set gap, which was, I didn't know about shares. I didn't know about investing. I didn't know any financial money management stuff. Um, I didn't know about financial projections and business or tax. Like those are all things that are skill set based. And the mindset was, but I can learn anything. And that's what saved me basically. I was like, yeah, I have no idea about any of that, but I can tell you right now, I can learn. Like I know how to learn and I know I can learn this. Um, and so I just became a voracious reader, went to seminars, you know, listen to podcasts like this, uh, just consuming, consuming and doing the mindset work um, <laughs> to then put things into practice. And and that, that, that was like, that was my base beginning where I had to heal my relationship to money and forgive money and go on this really deep reconnection with what, what money was and what it had made available in my life and like really reconnect to it on an energetic level so that I could start to like play with it and have it as a resource. Mm, that's so beautiful. I think, you know, something that's really important for people to be aware of is I think everyone often, or especially women go through life thinking that everyone else has it all figured out. And those that are really wealthy or have their money game mastered, it's like, they were just born, like with a calculator. Right? It's like, no, it's a skill set. And even you using those words, it's just something it's like riding a bike, right? Like you can learn anything. It takes, you know, intention, and it takes you prioritizing this thing. And it's, you know, worth it. It allows you to create what you've created. Yeah. And that, and that's the exact same mindset that I would say carries all the way through and continues to, because like I said, the new problems, um, I still have to learn new things. Like the new, the new one is like tech strategy and like actually 
like really setting things up in a great structure well that's a whole new realm that's that's not something I was taught that's not something even in a New Zealand context we talk about it's not something my family talk about like so yeah it's just being totally okay and there's a level of vulnerability that comes with that which is basically like hey I know nothing (laughs) but I tell you what I can learn um because yeah, one I think yeah, you're 100 percent right. Whether it's women or just humans in general, we pretend that we've got things figured out, and as long as we do that, we're avoiding the ability to be in the truth. And then as long as we do that, we can never get the support we need. You know, that's it's just a, a spiral. Yeah, fully. It takes being open about the open and honest with yourself and with others about you don't know everything, and that's okay. Like that's part of it. <laughs> we're humans. I would yeah. love to know. You know, you've mentioned a few times now uh, the difference between the type of problems that you experience or the type of challenges or, you know, money things you face at the seven-figure level. If you could go back and talk to the woman, the version of you that had just hit six figures and was looking to scale past that, what would you say to her about money? What advice would you give her about the things Mm. that she would be thinking about that would help her get to where you are more easily? Yeah, there's definitely... Yeah, a couple of ones that really come up. So initially when we hit around six figures in revenue and I was starting to like pay myself and you know actually you know actually be able to take some money from the company, I think from there to like half a million, if I really reflect, I was I was in so much scarcity still, right? So and what I mean by that is the business started making money and I knew that I know I know about diversification of assets right so I learned all about that and I was like okay business is one form of an asset shares is another property is another and so what I actually did as a strategy is I started to take quite a lot out of the business and put it into shares portfolios now I'm grateful for the shares portfolio that I've built um, and you know it's fantastic gets a good return whatever ticking away But if I had my time again, and if I was talking to her from this place, I would say, like, trust your business as an asset. Because I was siphoning money out of the business, basically. Siphoning makes it sound funny, but, you know, extracting, (laughs) paying dividends, taking money out of the business and putting it into other assets that I felt were more stable or were a guaranteed return. And I think on reflection and what I look at is, like, if I could just talk to her and be like, B, my darling, like, just trust that your business can get the return. Because if you put 10,000 into shares, if you take that out of the business and put that into shares portfolio, 8% return, whatever, not right now. Um, <laughs> and then verse, if you put that $10,000 into your, into your business, like into a team member or back into the business in some way, like it, it could get a 300% return. But again, for me, that was a way of thinking that I didn't have an access to yet. Like I didn't think quite that strategically or like in that kind of philosophy. And then I think on the emotional mindset level, I don't know that I trusted that. Like I thought, what if I hire someone and I don't get the return or I don't even know how to get the return? Like what do I even invest in? Like there was there, there was a whole bunch of things there that uh, I think if I had done earlier, we probably could have could have scaled quicker basically is, is my, you know, not that it's all about being quick and things, but that was a lesson for me is I think there was about two years there where I really didn't trust the business and the business needed more resources to grow basically. Um, So it's kind of just deciding that relationship 
and that vision. It's not a bad, I love paying yourself, but maybe just choose what you pay yourself and then like give the business a chance. Like it is an asset and it will get a return and you will mess up. Like you will invest in some really dumb shit and (laughs) be like, why did I pay that person? Why did I buy a $10,000 brand? Like, I don't know, you're going to do all of that. And that's okay too. Like that's the learning, but don't be afraid to put it back in, right? And be like, right, I'm going to put $10,000 or $1,000 in Facebook ads. Let's go. Let's have a go at it. Let's learn. Let me see what return I can get. Like I kind of, yeah, yeah, that was a lesson for me, right? That's that's one thing I would definitely give back to myself um, is trust the business as an asset um, mm. earlier earlier and I see this a lot and I think I think really if we get down dirty about it it's scarcity it's a hunt I'd see this with clients they're like you know oh now I'm taking this much out of the company I'm putting into this and I'm like okay like what's the company getting you know Mm -hmm. um because they're at a point where they're suddenly making profit and it feels kind of exciting but then I think there's a lack of like yeah putting it back so that would be that would be one really big thing um yeah I would have done yeah sounds like scarcity you know recognizing that scarcity as it comes up and some of the self-trust I love actually even how you framed it there like be darling (laughs) you know like think about if we could go back to the version of ourselves like five or ten years ago and it's like it all works out (laughs) you know like it's the all the things that you think are all the you know uncertainty you might feel around things it's like it's all fine (laughs) like it's all working out it's all yeah Yeah. Thank you so much for all of your insights and your reflections. You just have so much magic to bring, Bryony. Like every time we chat, I'm, I'm always more inspired, more energized. Like you just, you're a powerful leader in the space. You're a powerful, you know, human, you're a powerful mindset coach. And I'm, I just so value you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for creating this conversation, allowing me to being to be a part of it um and for really just yeah decentralizing this information and giving others an access and thank you for everyone who's tuned in with us Mm, amazing so we'll include all of your links in the show notes so you have do you want to tell the listeners about any of your offers you have wealth energetics as a passive course do you want to share what some of that is before we yeah of course yeah if you want to dive a little bit wealth energetics has it's a it's the marrying of strategy, like a little bit of the strategy components. Like, you know, what is our, what do we actually need to get to in our wealth? What's our why behind our wealth? And it also marries and brings in energetics. So how do we feel safe holding a specific amount of wealth and how do we regulate our nervous system to create that? Which for me was a really big part. Once I did some mindset work, it then became a lot about the energetics element of like, Hey, does my body feel safe to have this much money, to have this much circulating, to pay this much? So wealth energetics is really a a simple three day kind of training distilled of, of those lessons that I learned over that time. Yeah. Amazing. Anything else? Any other offers you want to share with the audience? Oh, no, that's perfect. I think you can check out everything on the links. We've got um, programs that are really diving into integrated leadership and, and and wealth is always a component of that because it's a resource, right? It's a, it's a resource that we have in our life um, to manifest, become the person and the vision that we want. So um, all of our inter- integrated leadership programs and we also have uh, live training and events that you'll be able to see on the website if you're interested in going a bit further. Amazing. Amazing. Well, definitely check all of those out. Bryony is so talented and so thoughtful and all of her courses and trainings, there's a lot of intention and obviously a lot of experience and education built into this. So I know that'll be so, so valuable for those people 
So we'll leave it there for everyone listening at home. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so grateful to have you all here and we'll see you next week. And remember, you were born for wealth. It's a gift to vibe with you here every week. If you're digging the content, I would be honored if you'd leave a rating, a review, and subscribe to the show. Not just for me, but it's how women just like you find the pod. It truly is how we can all make an impact. More women being ridiculously fucking wealthy and building a life of their wildest dreams. 